Welcome back to the Gold Factor Podcast, your guide and gateway to a life of purpose and fulfillment. I'm your host, Bernadette Gold, transformation and high performance coach, here to lead you through another chapter of my audiobook, The Crooked Path to a Charm Life, a clairvoyant medium's journey to embracing her spiritual gifts. Now, remember, each episode of season one is a new chapter in the book as we traverse the realms of the seen and the unseen. So let's dive in and continue our adventure together. It's time to think bigger, feel deeply, and act boldly. Chapter 26, Finding Alignment. Humans strive to connect at a deep level and create union with God, our creator. Science seeks understanding and proof of the existence of God and the universal laws. Yet it seems science is always a step behind. Kabbalists, yogis, and students of spiritual wisdom have obtained knowledge derived from intense study, contemplation, and meditation. I've made it a practice to study various spiritual texts and traditions. In my search for God and truth, I learned that there wasn't one religion or belief that had all the answers. Recognizing the severe impediment to believing that any religion or belief system holds all the answers. Universal wisdom is infinite, vast, and unknowable. The human ego is the veil of mind between physical form and spirit, God. In yogic practice, it is said that it takes many incarnations to overcome the veil of the ego. Because of this truth, I continue to seek higher levels of understanding in my own life. Studying the teachings of the masters like Jesus, Buddha, Paramansa, Yogananda, and Kabbalistic teachings is humbling. I strive to grasp my ego better as I draw closer to God's infinite wisdom. Recognizing that I have much to learn and overcome keeps the practice alive. For when we think we know everything, we pinch off wisdom. How can anyone be taught if they think there's nothing more for them to learn? It's absurd to believe that one teaching, one teacher, or one belief is the only way to God. Wisdom and understanding of the infinite nature of our universe can only be experienced by humbly approaching life as a student. Rather than striving, we must surrender our will, desires, and minds to a force greater than us. We must yield to the infinite intelligence that birthed us. As we seek the revelation of the mysteries of the infinite during moments of surrender, we connect. Raised Catholic and Christian, I was never satisfied with the limited teachings. There were many rules, but not many experiences. For example, the Catholic practice of confession and communion were physical acts that held little in the way of actual communion with God, goddess energy. Studying pagan and Wiccan beliefs loosened the grip of my early prejudices and opened my mind 
to receive new teachings. Eastern religions like Taoism, Buddhism, and Hinduism not only intrigued me, but fed me the necessary food of compassion, mindfulness, and love. Spirituality has the answers for the whole of society and life. When science can embrace the notion that we need to include true spiritual wisdom, we will evolve quickly. I believe we are heading in that direction. His Holiness the Dalai Lama has recently included scientists in discussions seeking to unite both systems. We are on the precipice of a paradigm shift that will bring unification and holistic principles that lead to spiritual evolution. The ego seeks to block expansion, closing our minds out of fear. It resists new information. Our work is to identify and subdue egoic focus, allowing us greater revelation and union with our true self. Experience has taught me that even in my 50-plus years, I still have much to learn. While I've had many valuable experiences, I can never allow myself to think I know it all. Approaching life from humility, expecting daily to experience just a spark of infinite wisdom, makes it happen. However, when life becomes busy, when I allow it to distract from the vital practice of meditation and union with the divine, my experience no longer reflects the miraculous. Honestly, I'm not always disciplined about long periods of meditation. Sometimes my practice consists of watching the sunrise, affirmative prayer, and thanksgiving. While daily reverence and conscious intention of the divine are integrated into my routine, I'm not always without distraction. Yet, I humbly continue in my practice, in my lessons, and in reflection. I know that no matter how much I think I know already, there are things that are far beyond my grasp that I long to experience. Passion for knowing God in an intimate, visceral way drives me daily. Conscious of thoughts that hinder my growth, fearful things that want my attention, are discarded continuously. What I do know for sure is this. Fear is the opposite energy of love. Fear creates hate, defensiveness, resistance, and self-doubt. Love, however, drives us to share, help, forgive, accept, and embrace others. Duality is a constant in life, a force of equals and opposites that we must overcome, override, and balance. The most potent achievement in our lives is that of overcoming egotistic tendencies. The Bible says, Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and all else will be added to you. When we focus first on union with the divine, relinquishing worldly desires in favor of that union, everything is taken care of, including the manifestation of material desires. The Tao says, 
In doing nothing, all is done. Both texts speak to the same thing. We must enter meditation, quieting the mind, ceasing all action, and seeking divine guidance. As we do this, everything that needs to be done aligns in an easy, effortless way. However, when we choose to force things, letting ego lead our lives, the effort and energy exerted are wasted. Ego leads solely to attainment and fulfillment of itself. Yet when ego gains achievement, it chases something else because there is always something else to do to achieve. It's a treadmill of never-ending chasing. Yet, when we seek divine alignment, peace, contentment, and bliss are present in all we undertake. Ego, or the inner critic, constantly likes to insert fears and doubts into us. The ego is very subtle. For example, when you start to do something that you intend on succeeding at, The ego says, you can't do that, or you shouldn't do that, (laughs) and who do you think you are? Remember, there are two sides to the ego, the inner critic and bully on one side, and the wounded inner child on the other. The bully tries to keep you protected, to keep you in the safe zone. Based on things that happened in the past, It created a fear-based program. The inner bully wants to protect you from experiencing that past event again. The wounded inner child is afraid of everything. This part of the ego repeats things like, nobody likes you, trying to keep you safe, yet sabotaging your efforts. The wounded inner child wants to protect you by keeping you from experiencing past emotional traumas. Sometimes the ego is one-sided, but other times it's like your mind has a ping-pong match. Sometimes the bully becomes our voice and we become arrogant. Arrogance and pride are part of the bully side of the ego. The wounded inner child, however, can be very subtle. If what you are experiencing is super emotional, then it's typically the wounded inner child. We don't want to neglect our inner child. We want to silence the bully because the bully tends to get us spinning emotionally, putting us in fight or flight mode. Whatever is consciously or unconsciously emotionally energized is what manifests in our lives and circumstances. When we're hurting, angry, or confused, It's essential to calm down quickly. Otherwise, we emotionally energize the very things we don't want to experience. If you're emotionally or mentally triggered, identify the bully or the wounded inner child. Then, quickly discharge the thoughts, feelings, and images. Are you spinning yourself a different story than the one you want to be living? Words are powerful, and the stories we tell are compelling. 
We must be very aware of them. We can't operate at our highest level if we tell negative stories. Write down what the ego is trying to communicate to you. It's consciousness work, but it's also going to help in healing that thing. What are the words that it's saying? Now, you can rescript it, feed it back to the ego, and tell it, here's your new script. This is what I want you to start repeating from now on, instead of all this trash movie set on repeat. When you become conscious of your ego and begin to quiet the bully and heal the wounded inner child, you can stop the fight, flight, or freeze mode response as well. The ego reacts to things based on what is already known and experienced, and it hangs onto the past. It can create mind circling, where your mind circles over the same negative thought patterns repeatedly. To stop this, make a new routine to get out of mind circling and break the cycle of madness you get into when you're in a place of anxiety. There is a metaphor I've used to help many people with this issue. It was an excellent lesson for me, and now I'm going to share it with you. When I used to train horses, I first put them in a round pen. Creating a safe place to train, a round pen is a 50 to 60 foot diameter, enclosed pen. We use the round pen to teach horses to stop their fight or flight reactions and instead relax. When trying to ride them or work with them, the fight or flight response becomes very dangerous. Within the round pen, a horse is directed to run in a circle in one direction, then reversed on command. It can be nerve-wracking when a horse is not behaving or is in full-blown fight-or-flight coming towards you with hooves and teeth. It takes, on average, 20 minutes when a horse is in that mode before they stop fighting and submit to instruction. While horses typically last about 20 minutes in a fight-or-flight mode, humans can last much longer. Horses will shake, freaking out, appearing to listen to instruction while running, but still in a manner of resistance. I've trained horses in the round pen who foam themselves into a sweat from fear of things happening outside the arena. Sometimes they were triggered by a past trauma, causing them to distrust humans. Nevertheless, it was necessary training for the horses, and it was an excellent lesson for me. Throughout the years, I've found that we, as humans, have a similar reaction to fear as horses. Human beings have that exact mechanism that kicks in when something triggers fear and makes us feel helpless, hopeless, or angry, and initiates the fight-or-flight response. Thus, when stuck in negative mind-circling, an anxiety response is created in the body. While we don't kick and fight with our bodies like horses, we certainly bite back with our mouths. We put others down, yell, scream, hide, run, and do all kinds of crazy mad things to avoid feeling or facing what we are afraid of. Whether it's rejection, 
hurt, or abandonment. It can trigger fight or flight. And as with the horses, the unconscious is in full reaction mode. Horses will try to bite. Humans use their words and bully behavior. When stuck in mind chatter, you start to second-guess yourself to the point of analysis paralysis. I like to do with humans what I did with the horses. Create safety in a circle, but not a mind circle. As human beings, we need to replace the mind circling, mind chatter, with something positive. Using a tool or resource that discharges the emotional energy the ego is unconsciously reacting to will aid in that. Humans need to create a safety mechanism instead of using a defense mechanism. I use a combination of EFT, tapping, and energy work with clients to discharge negative emotions immediately. You can create three easy steps for yourself when you catch yourself in fight or flight mode. One, stop. Stop talking, stop reacting, stop physically moving, stop all action. Two, you could take a nap, but if you're at work, that's not going to work. So if that means you have to go into the bathroom, go. And if you know how to tap, tap, meditate, pray. If you have time, you can take a walk and walk it off. Three, record yourself. Write down whatever you are reacting to or use the voice recorder on your phone and record it. You may not have a rational or clear enough head to process all of it in the midst of it, but at least if you record it, you will have something to come back to later. And when the ego knows something is stored, it releases the mind loop. Three easy steps. Find something. It could be meditation, prayer, writing in a journal, something for when you find yourself in a state of fight or flight. Sit down and give yourself a good 10 to 20 minutes to write. Record it on your phone, something to get that fear and emotional energy out of you in a safe way. You're creating a safety circle for yourself, not exploding and causing damage to your life. When you finally calm, journal the answers to the questions. Why was I reacting to that? What was it that I was reacting to? If you're an empath, is this my energy or thoughts? The more you catch the places where your ego hooks you into this mind-circling madness, the quicker you're going to get out of fight-or-flight mode. As I said, human beings can stay in fight-or-flight a hell of a lot longer than 20 minutes. Your fight-or-flight mechanism can go days, weeks, or even years as a human being. The longer you stay in fight-flight, the more it affects your central nervous system to the point of creating physical illness. If your mind gets stuck in a loop of negativity, you can easily slip into 
victim mode. Worse, you get defensive, and the arrogant asshole side of the ego goes on the attack. One defense the ego uses is to justify. It comes up with all the reasons why we should be mad. If you really start to lose it, take a walk. It's amazing how simple that little exercise is. Go for a walk to get your blood pumping. Walk for at least 25 minutes, more if possible. It's an excellent way to calm the mind and ease the tension. Walking while focusing on your breath can put you into a meditative state. While your body is working on moving forward, your mind tends to quiet down, at which point you can begin to sort through your fears. After 25 minutes of walking, your endorphins kick in. Dopamine and serotonin release, allowing the mind and body to calm. It's an easy way to get plugged back into spirit, process and release emotions, and regain control. Sitting still doesn't allow you to get the ego voice to shut up, so go for a walk. While walking, your mind is focused on not tripping, so keep your feet moving in a forward direction. If time allows, commit to a 25-minute walk, then walk for another 30 minutes. In the end, you will feel relief and release. You can also do an EFT tapping round once home to release any leftover emotions. There are tons of free YouTube videos. If you do that instead of running to the refrigerator or running to the bottle, you are positively helping yourself. Set a timer for 15 minutes if your wounded inner child is unwilling to walk and would rather throw a pity party. Give yourself 15 minutes to be depressed, to be angry, to be frustrated, to pitch a temper tantrum. Do it with all your might. Make a huge production out of it. Act like a two-year-old or a three-year-old having a temper tantrum. Get all that energy out. You can cry. You can snot on yourself. You can scream. You can roll around on the floor. But when that timer goes off, you are done. Get up and move on to something else. Set the intention. I'm going to feel this. I'm going to explore it. I'm going to express it for 15 minutes with all of my attention and might. And when the timer goes off, I'm done. I'll go find something else to do that feels better. It is possible to reach a place with past wounds where there is no emotional trigger. Once healed, you will feel the emotions, but not dwell there. It's okay to be sad. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have any emotional reactions, because that's bullshit. You should have emotional reactions. You are human. And emotions are part of the human journey. We aren't here only to experience positivity. We live on a planet of duality. Anything less than experiencing 
both sides isn't a complete experience. There is no magic wand to heal our wounds. Any healing is temporary until we clear the root issue. To find the root, we must identify our buried wounds. That's the work that most people don't want to do, but it's the work that sets us free. As you healed old wounds, you are creating a solid foundation to express who you are, allowing yourself to share your gifts and genius in the world, a foundation that will enable you to live in a loving, humble way, authentic, able to admit when you are having a hard time or a frustrating day. There will be times you slide back to old habits, like sliding down the mountain on your tail end, but you will be able to get back up. It's life work, because no matter how much work we do, the ego is always there somewhere. Humans can handle a lot more than we think we're capable of. Sometimes, healing requires spirit to spoon-feed little triggers while peeling away small surface layers so we don't feel too vulnerable or exposed. That's the beauty of the ever-wise universe, source energy, God. You will only be given what you can handle. However, if you tell spirit to provide you with a huge heaping serving of truth, you might get a bucket dumped on you. Just remember, you said you could handle it. How much can you take? Tell the universe what you can handle. If you're ready to clear it all, tell spirit to remove it all. But get ready because you might end up in trigger central. The wounded inner child and the big bully part of your ego are active. So it's up to you to clear the energy and the past issues that trigger you. That doesn't mean you're never going to feel emotion again. Things people say and do that either remind you of a past event or don't align with your beliefs, judgments, and opinions may trigger new reactions. For example, if someone says something and you're all of a sudden flared up and offended, that's a trigger. We don't typically have big emotional triggers to something that just happened the first time in the here and now. Usually, we're reacting to something that happened long ago, and it's uncovering something that wants to heal. Life on this planet can be messy. It's not a simple, easy journey. It's an exciting journey with ups and downs, surprises, hurts, disappointments, victories, celebrations, and blessings. Still, the ego likes us to play small and be comfortable, sticking to the tried and true. Boring, I invite you to embrace the whole ride. Go beyond the illusion of the ego and stand in your divine power. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Gold Factor Podcast. Want some free resources? Well, join my Facebook community, a group of heart-centered, 
ambitious individuals just like you. Just go and visit the link in the description or you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups, the gold factor. And remember, if you're enjoying the book so far, follow the podcast, leave a review. I really appreciate it as we're launching and growing the podcast and share it on social media. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day, be blessed, and be a blessing.